0: They'd been on the trail for almost a month before she saw him. The first month had been particularly rough. People who were used to the luxuries of the city were trying to adapt to life on the trail and struggling to learn how to survive in their new environment. Those who hadn't done a lot of walking before were still nursing blisters on their feet. The ones who hadn't taken proper care to clean broken blisters now had infections and had a ride in a wagon. The wagon master wasn't pleased. He had been clear that they had to keep the weight down as much as possible to conserve the strength of the livestock on which they would depend to carry their burdens for thousands of miles over the next six months. Abigail herself had developed a few, and she had been careful to clean them nightly and wrap them in clean strips of cloth at the start of each day to cut down on the friction. Although she had met several new people in the wagons just ahead and behind them, most of everyone's time was spent learning about the livestock, the harnesses, the wagons, and the dangers of the trail. Simple things could turn into disaster in a few seconds. One greenhorn, as the more experienced wagoners dubbed the new folks, had moved his wagon off the trail to get out of the heavy dust thrown up by the wagons ahead. He hadn't considered the steepness of the slope and was riding merrily along when a wheel on the uphill side hit a large rock. The resulting thrust tipped the precarious balance of the wagon and it toppled over, rolling twice and crashing into another wagon on the trail. The man driving had been thrown under his own wagon and killed. His wife and little girl had been in the wagon and were lucky to survive. The wagon train had a stop for the rest of the day to fix the second wagon. The man was given a Christian burial along the side of the trail. The dead man's wagon could have been repaired, but the wife was beyond consolation, and it was decided that they would ride with another family to the next town where they would catch a stagecoach back to New York and her parents. The majority of their belongings were divided up amongst those who could use them. The remains of the wagon that couldn't be cannibalized for parts was left along the side of the trail. Over the next few months, Abigail would see other graves, the remnants of other wagons and other people's belongings left along the trail by other wagon trains and wonder what had happened to their owners. By the end of the first month, people were settling into more of a routine. Up before dawn to feed the livestock, fix breakfast and be out on the trail by first light. Moving out after the heat of the day started took more of a toll on their livestock and themselves. The wagon train had found a spot to camp for the night near a clear running stream. Abigail had made her way down to the stream and was filling two buckets with water when she heard a gunshot, and then another. She froze in place. There, next to the stream, she was in the cover of bushes and trees. If she started back to the wagon, she would have to cross a wide open space. She decided to wait where she was, and she settled on a rock under a tree. She listened intently for sounds of the men folk to come running from the camp, but none came. After a little while, she decided that she was being silly. It must be one of the men out hunting. A few seconds later, there was another shot, followed by another. Surely it must be someone hunting, or there would have been a commotion from the camp by now. She got her buckets and refilled the one she tipped over earlier. She dropped it again when something came towards her through the underbrush. Branches snapped and tore, and she thought surely it must be a bear or some other dangerous animal. She was backed up against a rock, large stick in hand to defend herself, when a disheveled man broke through the bushes. He was cursing and stuck with thorns. He carried a shotgun and several dead birds hung from his belt. She knew this must be the hunter she had heard, but still she stood, large branch held defensively above her head. She was frozen there, not so much from fear, but because of her sudden fascination with the man who appeared. He wasn't a large man, five foot eight at the most. He had curly dark brown hair full of twigs and leaves. He was slender of build and stumbled clumsily around as he tried to disengage his pack, which he had caught in the brush.